Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Back Row Boys, we are back. It's another Tuesday, the 20 something. 26. 26th of April, 2016. Hutch and Steve talking uh, first place baseball. I mean, let's it's, let's face it. I'll tell you what. I was thinking about this today. This is the first time, even in late April, that uh, either Cub fans or White Sox fans aren't going, well, when do the Bears start? Yeah. Because now that the Blackhawks are out, it's now, it's usually, well, football is just around the corner. And there is no football talk right now. I mean, granted, Very the, little. the draft's coming up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah, right now, when you have two of the three best teams in baseball, for the most part. Who's the third one? Washington. Washington. Okay. You know, we're, we're not talking about, oh, my God, I can't wait for, uh, you know, spring drills. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Bulls kind of imploded. Um, and as far as the Blackhawks, you know, I watched the game last night. Uh, I'm kind of glad that they lost only because they looked all worn out to me and I didn't think they were going to be able to go all the way this year. I didn't think they had the horses. Yeah. And if you're not going to go all the way, just take Have a vacation. Take some time off. You guys, especially, you know, the core guys set some sort of record for the number of games played within Did a they really? five year span or, you know, well, yeah, that would make sense. And, you know, in this day and age, you know, I was trying to explain to my brother how the Canadian dollar cost us the Stanley Cup. Right, because they when they signed Kane and, and Taser, they thought the salary cap was going to be X, and then because the Canadian dollar fell and the way they calculate revenues and all this stuff, the salary cap didn't go up that much, and it ended up we couldn't sign Johnny Aduya, and that was the one guy we couldn't afford to lose because you would have had four really good defensemen, and you you watch Van Riemsdyk and you're like, oh my god, seriously. So hopefully he gets better. Hopefully he learns from it. But happy summer to the Blackhawks. Um, okay, so this time last week, yeah, you were saying you'd have been happy if the White Sox played 500 ball. Correct. And so you're not unhappy that they didn't play 500 <laughs> no, ball because they did what? Uh, they went six and one. Six and one. Because um, they have no days off. Yeah, well, we've covered So they that. have seven. <laughs> the Cubs went four and two. They had a day off. Uh, yeah. But yeah. The weather here is is terrible. The Cubs are in town now. We we've got uh, Milwaukee for. I was going to ask you this. Uh, I think it was two years ago. I went to a game with you, and it was against Milwaukee. It was April. Yeah, and it was freezing. Oh. And it was against Milwaukee. Oh, it was, it was so cold, and then yeah. it was so warm the last two days. And all of a sudden, Milwaukee comes into town, yeah, and man. I was just like, "Oh my God!" It's like when Milwaukee. It was. It's so cold today. It's going to be miserable playing there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. And uh, tomorrow night, uh, Arietta's pitching, and you know the Brewers do have a couple. Of, they got Ryan Braun. They got Jonathan Lucroy. Um, but I have a feeling the ghost of Johnny Vandermeer is going to like be at the ballpark. You think? No one's thrown back to back no hitters since right. that guy, and his shouldn't really count. 
because the second one was like the first night game ever played, and I have a feeling that like the lighting wasn't really quite what it <laughs> needed to be, right? So right. Um, Do you think he'll break uh, Burley's record? Well, it's not Burley's record anymore. It's Yasmiro Petit's record for the consecutive hitless innings. Oh, okay. I think Yasmiro Petit. Oh, the reliever. Well, the from, reliever. How, how about yeah. from a starting pitcher? Because uh, Burley went five and two thirds after his no hitter. Five and two thirds. Yeah, but he had some before the no hitter or something. Didn't he go like thirty nine innings or something? Or what record are we talking? I, I'm about just here? talking about two con- two consecutive starts with the with no hit. Consecutive hitless innings. Yeah, I don't know because he threw five and two thirds innings after his no hitter. Maybe Petit's got the n- record for the number of batters retired consecutively. I believe that. It is. Maybe that's what yeah, it was. Right. Because Burley's was a perfect game, and then he went five and a third after right. that. So twenty-seven plus right. fifteen is 30, 39 or so. Yeah. Okay. I think Petit broke that record. Number of hi- consecutive I hitters believe retired. You are correct. Yes. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, yeah. So he won't break that because he walked those guys. And you were saying. Um, you weren't too impressed with the uh, the way the Reds approached that game. Oh no, I I at mean, the plate. Listen, I love no hitters. I every time, no matter what, you know, ESPN turn tunes in. Every time I'm watching a game when there's uh no when a team has no runs, I always look to see if the the pitcher's throwing a no hitter because I think they're great. Um, and I I didn't watch the whole game, especially since they were killing them. And I believe the Blackhawks were on that day too, right? Uh, memory serves. And uh, but I would I would go back and I was just watch it going. These guys stink. They I'm like swing, it, swing at the ball. It was really I, weird. And Arietta was uh, he's got great command. In that game, he did not have great command. He walked four, especially guys, not early. But not only did he just walk four guys. I mean, he was three two. He had thrown like seventy five pitches in five innings, and he was all over the place, but. They were taking pitches that would break almost right over the center of the plate, and I'm like, okay, you know, his his knockout curveball he didn't need, and it was like even afterwards he was talking like, well, you know, it was just toward, once they were up sixteen nothing, it was just like pound the strike zone, pound the strike zone, and I'm like, that's all he did, and I'm like, swing the swing. I have I have never seen a pitcher, and I'm I'm sure you know there are some that I just didn't notice, but I've been watching Arietta very closely since we got him and i i actually started an article and we haven't posted it yet our articles are available on the back row boys the back com free of charge by the way no ads um and i haven't posted it yet but i have never seen a guy like arietta when it comes to the determination from the first pitch of the first inning that i'm going to try to throw a no hitter that's the approach that he's sure. had since he got here. Oh yeah, and you know, when every time I flip back and was watching especially in the later innings, it was, you know, you could see it in his face. Oh yeah. It was like it didn't it was 0-0 to him. It wasn't 16 to nothing or 13 to nothing depending on the 7th or 8th inning whatever it was. He was he was determined that but the thing was that that was my point. He was determined to get him out. Well, yeah, but he was throwing hittable pitches well, that these guys decided they were going to swing at, and then they would get down o two, and then he would just throw his great curveball, and then they'd swing and miss, and yeah, I that mean, was the end of the bat. It, it, 
it wasn't one of those games where after a couple of innings you were no like hitter. the Dodger no. no hitter. He was he was dominant. Yeah. These Reds batters were just like it was almost like they the minute they got down eight nothing, it was like they gave up. I don't. I, I don't know. You know, you I, got. I'm not trying to take anything. Away no, no, from no. This I I know what you're saying. Beat. They got some veteran hitters that that have a lot of pride. Guys like Votto and Bruce and Brandon Phillips. Um, and at the beginning of the game, it wasn't one of those things where you're like, oh wow, we could have a no hitter here because it was the Cubs were scoring all these runs and Arietta was wild. But yeah. he's you know he's getting guys out. You know he walked a guy here and there. You know whatever. A lot of deep counts. A lot of full lot counts of and counts, stuff like that. Right. Um, toward the the middle innings, I he he started to spot his fastball, and they were taking first pitch fastballs, like five or six straight hitters, and I'm like, I don't know what your approach is to hitting, but you know, this isn't working. <laughs> you know, maybe you know, look for his fastball mm. because obviously, early in the game, he was throwing this like. 12 to 6 breaking ball that was just diving into the ground and they they were swinging at it and missing by a mile. Um obviously you can't hit that. No one's been able to really hit his breaking stuff no, when he's on. Not at all. So I would be up there looking for a fastball until point. I have two strikes. That's my point. They when weren't the ball doing that. Starts out at your waist even though it's on the outside corner. He's not normally throwing that a breaking ball. It starts out at your waist. You have to swing at that. And actually, you're probably going to run into one because the ball is going to break back into the center of your bat. Well. But, you know, that's that's where you have a better chance of hitting the ball as you, opposed to waiting till watching those two pitches go by and then all of a sudden he could throw a slider or a curveball or he could actually paint the uh, high inside corner with a fastball. You're giving him way too many opportunities. Yeah. It, it, I don't know if their approach was let's build up his pitch count and then we'll get him out of the game and, and we'll take our chances with the bullpen. Well, yeah, that's fine until you're down 9 nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you need to swing the bats yeah. and, and you need to try. You, you're saying they're quit. They quit. I mean, I'm sure they were discouraged, but, I mean, it was the biggest margin for a no-hitter since 1884. Right. And I'm like... For one, stop telling me what happened in the 1880s. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the same game. Okay, we need to kind of, like, stop that. Stop comparing today's game to stuff that happened two centuries ago. Well, you know, where guys wore wool and... To an extent, though, but when you do something that hasn't happened in the 1900s, I mean, you're still comparing it to the 70s and the 80s and, you know, something that hasn't happened. and. If you have to go all the way back to that year, so be it. Um, I don't necessarily keep the think geeks employed looking this stuff it, up. At it Elias is kind of something. impressive sometimes when you're when you do something that hasn't happened in the 1900s. Well, that's what I'm looking for tomorrow. I'm gonna. I am gonna be. Uh, actually, our doorman asked for the tickets like three weeks ago for this game, and so we're like, yeah, sure, okay. So uh, I'm gonna actually be able to watch it on TV. Okay. I I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of tempted to go to the park and like grab a glove and get some bleacher seats or something, but um, I don't know. It's if it's like today, I'm not going. It's too cold. I'm too it's old. It's not going to be much warmer. Well, it, you you know the ballpark gets so cold that, and and you're sitting there. It, it it's not like you know you're active. I just end up so cold, like to my core, like mm-hmm. my bones are cold. 
not just my skin or and my muscles. I mean, like my bones are cold. That's no fun. That's why people live in Arizona. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right. So the White Sox are in first place. They're fourteen and six. Correct. They went six and one against the Angels. Who and else did they play? Uh, Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay, and the Rangers and the Rangers and the Rangers came in. Hold on, what did we say? Angels. Well, you, well, yeah. They, well, since the last podcast, they played the Angels. Well, they were playing the Angels when we were speaking okay. last, and they played four against them and three against the Rangers. Three against the Rangers, and the Rangers came in. I think they came in ten and seven in first place. Correct, if I remember yeah. right. And you swept them. And we swept them. So we're looking at at some of the stats from the Sox. Their run differential, they they've won fourteen games, but their run differential was like sixteen. 16 right. They're almost at the bottom of the league in runs scored. Just about. Just I about think at there's the bottom. Two teams ahead of them. Two teams ahead, or yeah. You know. um, one of them, one of them below them is the Twins. <laughs> oh boy, that team. Um, but you you look at at their pitching. And they lead the league in ERA. They mm-hmm. lead the league in saves. They lead the league in save opportunities. They lead the league in uh, well, they weren't leading the league in in walks given up, but they were you know pretty high up. Right. All their all their pitching numbers are are very good. They're off the charts. Yeah. The team ERA is like two point one. Right. Or two point one two, whatever it is. I mean, that's unheard of. And you have the three million dollar man. Matt a, Latos. A point seven five ERA. Please explain to me how start. Matt Latos is leading the Sox in ERA, tied for the league in wins, and nobody wanted this guy. I, I mean, literally, think. he was like the last free agent pitcher signed. I think there's, there's four pitchers that are 4-0. Arietta's one. Latos is one. Chris Arietta, Chris Sale. Sale. Yeah. Arietta, Chris Sale, your A pitchers, and Matt Latos. And, Matt, and Zimmerman, what's Zimmerman wrong, was what's wrong one. with this picture? <laughs> um, well, Zimmerman's not a surprise. So, no. so Latos and and I remember telling you uh, when you got him, and I was like, "Well, look, I mean, you know, he's going to give you the innings that Samarja gave you last year, and they how could they be any worse? Right? Samarja was terrible for you last year. Samarja killed you early in the season last year because he pitched so poorly, and he was going to be your number two guy behind Sale. Right? Right? And so you had. Samarja, or you had Sale, Samarja, Quintana last year. Correct. And, you know, they don't hit for Quintana. Sale He's got two buried wins him. this year. Well, yeah. I mean, he is yeah. ERA's under two. Yeah. I mean, I've always liked him. I have, too. You know, we talk about these imaginary Cubs-Sox trades that are never going to happen, and, and the one pitcher I thought maybe you guys would give up for prospects would have been Quintana. You know, so it's kind of interesting. And, and he's a right-hander. I mean, it's you know yeah. you don't ha- really have any of those, right? All your starters are lefties, right? And what's Fulmer, the guy in the minors you drafted? Because I, I figure he'll be up in May. Is he right-handed? Don't know. That's a good. I well, I don't know for sure. I think he's a lefty. Okay, let's let's. But I don't know for a hundred percent. Yeah, he is right-handed. Okay, so. You'll finally have, like, I, I expect him to be up in mid-May. I, I wouldn't I, doubt it. I think, you know, everybody talking about, you know, doing, like, putting Denks in the bullpen and stuff like that. I don't know that the bullpen's really a guy that started his whole life. All of a sudden you're going to dump him in the bullpen is kind of, that's what you well, do with Edwin Jackson. The only spot in the bullpen is 
the fifth, sixth, seventh inning guy that when the starter doesn't have a quality start and, you know, I mean, knock, how, knock how, on wood, hopefully that's not going to happen very often. When we went through the stats, the Cubs and the White Sox lead the league in quality starts right now. And yeah. You, you have, you know, you're hoping that's going to continue. I mean, Denks has had some. I mean, he hasn't been terrible. Yeah. Has he lost his stuff? Does he not have major league stuff anymore? Well, you know, I mean, you know, he's older now. I mean, you know, he's yeah, been around he just forever. Hasn't been the same since uh, his uh, shoulder surgery, and uh, you know, I mean, he gets too many balls over the plate, and so I mean, he's well. I, does he have major league stuff? Yes, he can get major league hitters out consistently through a course of a season. Is he even a five hundred pitcher? Probably not. Well, and, then, and I think you know, you want your at least your. You know, you always want the one and two guys, you know, to be really good, and then three, four, you're hoping that you're above five hundred, and then you need a, a like a, a number five starter to be a five hundred pitcher. No, I mean, give or take. you know, you're looking, you, you know, you're looking over the length of the season. Generally, you don't make it through with just five starters, right? Right. Eventually, you know, somebody you know tweaks this. This is tired. That's tired. You know, now that you have two number ones and Sale and Latos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> chuckle, chuckle. Well, I, I, I mean, you like Fulmer. You think he's like this bulldog kind of a of a pitcher uh, and stuff like say, that. Yeah, I mean, and I don't see any reason if you're going to be trying to win your division, uh, and this year especially, I don't think you want any part of the wild card. You, you want to win your division. Right. And, and, and that's what, when we start talking about the Cubs, that's the thing that worries me is how skewed the National League is with some of these teams that are just so woeful. Although, you know, you look at their records and you're like, okay, Cincinnati's terrible, but they're 9-10. and 10. I mean, it's not that bad. Right. Milwaukee's almost 500. They're terrible. You know, um, Minnesota and Houston are the teams in the American League that, that are really, really struggling. And I can't figure out what's wrong with Houston. Minnesota's just snake bit. They can't win no matter what they do. Well, I don't think anybody can figure out what's wrong with Houston. Uh, we were looking at it. They're leading the league in errors. They've blown three out of four save opportunities. I mean, you know, what, what? one of the things we talked about last, from last year was Houston's bullpen wasn't that good. And they didn't shore it up at all so far Well, they this got year. the guy they got, they gave up all these prospects for, was, was Giles. And, you know, Giles from Philly. Right. Uh, hard throwing, and, you know, this is our guy. This is, you know, and nothing. Nothing yeah. from the guy. Um, so. And, you know, it's tough. You know, you you, you never know. I mean, ball players, you know, as much as we look at numbers and stuff, they're human beings. You know, the guy's living in Philadelphia, which is like kind of East Coast and, you know, urban, and all of a sudden you're in Texas with all these people and hats, and I, who knows? <laughs> You know, I who yeah. knows what the culture shock is for somebody like that. You know, maybe he didn't want to get traded. I don't know. You know, but you know, changing teams. Uh, you know, I I can't remember who was talking about this. Once you've done it once, it's not that big a deal. I love these little technical glitches we get in the middle yeah, of a podcast right. that have no rational explanation. Um, so we're talking about you know changing teams and stuff like that. It's not easy for everybody. You know, I don't know what the deal is with Kenny Giles. Um, and then where, where were we before we were so rudely interrupted by what I don't uh, even know? Well, you know, well, we went back to uh, we were talking about is Latos going to be – well, talking about the Sox and the people they picked up, 
that you were kind of questioning why are they doing this and why are they doing that. I thought, okay, I thought Lowry was too much swing and miss. Mm-hmm. And that, those are not the kind of hitters that the Sox need. You were telling me what great defense he's been playing. Yeah. Like a maniac. Um, I told you Austin Jackson wasn't much of a bat, and I liked Eaton in center field, but he's become like a really good right fielder, and you're impressed with his arm. Right. You were telling me uh, his shoulder's Supposedly, good now. Supposedly, yeah. That was, and I agreed with you on that. When they pick up Austin, you know, Avi Garcia now becomes the DH while you're moving Eaton to right. But really, uh, he would. He said that his arm is now healthy and his arm really looks really good. I mean, he's throwing BBs. I didn't know his arm was that strong. And uh, so now you actually have a real, you know, you always want a good arm in right field. And he seems to have one. And Austin Jackson can cover a lot of ground and, you know. Yeah, and uh, Cabrera's an adequate left fielder. And then you upgraded third base by picking up Todd Frazier. So now you have, you know, Saladino and Rollins at short. Instead of Alexi Ramirez, you've got Frazier at third instead of, you know, they got rid of Connor Gillespie. But last right. year it was uh, uh, Saladino played third toward well, yeah, the end of the year. Up right. Right. Um, you, you couldn't even remember the name of the second baseman. Right. So anybody was an upgrade. Carlos Abreu, Sanchez, I remember now. San, but, okay. Yeah. And then, you, um, you know, Abreu at first, I, I but the wasn't biggest, too impressed with your catching. The biggest thing is like, okay, you know, so Lowry, you know, he started out to early swinging and missing a lot. He's actually up to almost 280 or something like that, but he's been driving in some big runs lately. But his defense is great. Uh, Frazier's defense is great. And uh, he's hitting uh, late-inning RBIs. He's only hitting like 212, but he leads the team in home runs, and he's uh, got uh, seven out of his 12 RBIs are in the seventh inning or later. He had the game-winning RBI yesterday. so, you know, they're producing when they have to. They obviously need to start hitting because they're not going to pitch this well the whole year. Latos isn't going to finish 31-0. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Arietta-like. Do you, um, do you think that'll happen? Do you think Do you no. think in September we're going to be talking as Latos as a possible Cy Young candidate? Well, I, I will say uh, I, I will say the one thing, and, you know, Alex Avila, I don't know that he was hitting that well. I've never been that impressed with him as a catcher, but – you know, he pulls a hammy or tweaks a hammy. They put him on the DL. They bring up a kid who hurts himself stretching. So now you're bringing up another guy. So now you've got a fourth-string catcher behind Deano, Navarro. Uh, Deano, Navarro. Navarro. Um, I always liked Navarro as a backup. I never thought of him as an everyday catcher. Um, Cubs got a couple of guys in the minors that could help you. I don't know that you have anything we want, but... Um, you you may you may have to address that hamstrings for catchers don't just go right. away, right? Uh, like they're they're talking Carrasco being out four to six weeks. Uh, Hamill last year, like toward the middle, I don't know if it was after the All Star break, he tweaked his hamstring. I think he, I don't know if he was on the fifteen day DL and they brought him right off, but he was not the same. Well, hamstrings are hamstrings are one of the worst because. As a player, you think you're fine, and then you just extend it one little bit, and it pops again. Yeah, it's, and it's, that's the thing it's with Edison different Russell. Different than other no. things. The hamstrings are the you have to hamstrings and groins. You have to like really make sure you're okay. But they want to get back, and they want to play so badly. They they're like, oh yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, and, then, and you're catching too. I mean, catching right. is not easy on the legs, right? Uh, you know that. Um, so. You know, I thought 
Tyler Flowers, uh, you know, the fact that they gave him away still irks me a little bit. But you, you've got a little problem with your with your catching depth. Um, and then the other worry I would have as a White Sox fan is: are you are you wearing out your bullpen already? Because you've played all these close games, you've won fourteen games. Your run differentials barely over fourteen. Right. You you you've got all these saves. Uh, Robertson's already got nine. Is that it? Eight or nine? I think he's got eight. Oh, he's got eight, and he blew one. That's nine. So yeah. you've got your closer. Nine opportunities. Your closer's already pitched in almost half your games. Yeah. Well, not only that, true. And and every every game, it's Albers and Nate Jones are in the seventh and eighth innings, and and Patrika and Duke, and, and and you know these but, same guys. You, you you're trotting them out there. Um, you're getting quality starts for the most part. You know, it, but it seems it like it depends. I agree with you to an extent, but what else are you supposed to do? Well, I mean, you really don't have an option. You you need you need to win now. You need to you need to win early. You know, your your closer's your closer. Um, is he going to have you know sixty saves? You know, if that's what it takes, it, or is he going to end up at the end of the year blowing ten of them because he's pitched too much? I mean. How do you how do you manage that? I don't know. I mean, I was watching Sparky Lyle on a major league uh, baseball network, and he was a minor league manager for years. And you know, they're asking him about how to use your bullpen and all this stuff. And you know, it's the the way relievers are used now are much different Completely than different. When, when he played. Yeah. And he was like, you know, when he managed, he didn't care about tomorrow. He wanted to win today's game, and then you sort out tomorrow tomorrow. So okay. At some point, Robertson's going to come in and tell uh, uh, Venture. It's not, no, no, the pitching oh, coach Cooper. Cooper, he's going to tell Cooper, "I can't go today." Yeah. Okay. Well, well, then somebody else the, will get the save chance. The, the, you know, the, you go down the line. The give way it, it would Nate go Jones, is, whatever. is, yeah, that would be the concern. Would be to me is okay. Nate Jones can close. He's got the stuff for it, but if he's pitching every eighth inning and then. Robertson's pitching every ninth inning, and then all of a sudden Robertson can't pitch. Well, eventually Jones can't pitch either. So it's like, yeah, if you get to if sometimes well, like if you if you have a, a four run lead and your seventh inning guy gives up two runs and you bring in Robertson in the ninth, uh, you know you give Albers and, and Jones a couple of days off. But it, it seems like right now they're all pitching. So I do agree with you in that aspect. Who who's going to give? When you have a four-game series and three games in a row are one-run games and Robertson pitches all of them, they're going to give him the next day off. But if Jones has pitched the eighth and Alberts has pitched the seventh, I mean, all of a sudden, does Putnam or Patrichka become the closer du jour? I don't know. know. Uh, But eventually they'll have to address that. But, yes, those are worries. Yeah, concerns. Concerns, I I would say concerns. You're 14 and 6. You know, right now – you're winning seventy percent of your games. You know the cons- the the That's hope. A good thing. The hope would be you're up for nothing like today, and Sale pitches into the eighth, and you can bring in Putnam to finish the ninth without a save opportunity, and give everybody a day off and go on from there. You know, hopefully they score yeah, like score six, some runs, score I, six or seven. I and, mean, you, you know, earlier podcast I said that you know the Cubs kind of wore out Strope and Rondon last right, year, right? Um, by May. By like the first week of May, where they, I think Rondon pitched four out of five games or something like that, and then he was cashed. We don't have that problem. 
We looked up the, the save opportunities. <laughs> the Cubs are 14-5, and five, so they played 19 games up to now. They're playing game 20 tonight. What is it, second inning already? Um, are they up yet? No. Actually, I think they're about to go down. Uh, second and third, nobody out. So that doesn't bode well. Um, but all season, they've only had four save opportunities. Right. Out of 19 games. Out of 19 games. I mean, they're winning. Our run differentials astronomical. 68. Yeah. I mean, when you're winning no hitters 16 to nothing, I mean, it's those are like grammar school softball scores. Yeah. You know, the guys against the girls or something. I mean, it's just stupid. So they're starting to complain now that the relievers aren't getting enough work. Right. Like there are guys well, that's like the thing. That's a double edged sword. Yeah. Because exactly. You know, when you're when you're winning by that much, uh your eighth and ninth inning guys, uh Rondone and Strope are gonna be coming in when it's nine nothing. Yeah. Well, actually, it was 9 nothing on a, Sunday. Just to get him some innings. Rondon pitched the ninth on Sunday yeah. because they knew they'd have Monday off, and the guy hasn't pitched. And I I, I don't understand. The, the jokes on Twitter are pretty funny about, you know. But you know, at what point, But what what is the threshold of too much and not enough? And You just have to many, deal, yeah. How many innings, how many appearances can they make? How many times, you know, can Robertson like a closer warm up and then all of a sudden this that team just say the Sox right now score three runs in the top of the ninth and all of a sudden he warmed up the whole ninth inning but now you don't need him now well, that, that would take a toll too let alone the yeah. fact that he didn't necessarily come in and have to exert a lot of energy to to pitch but you know to to bring a guy up and then sit him down and up and sit him down and warm up every day let alone the fact of actually coming in or like you said, then all of a sudden you're not pitching at all. Well, I, the Cubs lead baseball in quality starts, um, and the Sox were second or third, I think. Second. They were second. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs have 16 out of 19 quality starts. So, I mean, the starting pitching for the Cubs has been you, you can't Fantastic. really ask you can't really ask for much more. I mean, I know Lackey's been knocked around a little bit, and. Uh, that's the only problem. They seem a little sloppy when Hendricks is pitching. With but. quality starts. Okay, Lackey, you know, even Granky gets a quality start yesterday, gives up seven runs. Well, how is that a quality start then? Well, it, it, yeah. It, it's three it, runs or less. Right. So oh, that's true. Yeah, so it wasn't a quality yeah. start. He gave up he seven runs the again. Right. Yeah, he, it's a cheap but, win, uh, but yeah. team win. You know, yeah, so I yeah, that would be more of a wins compared, you know, like you well you have you're three and oh but you've given it your ERA six because your team is scoring nine runs a game for you. <laughs> Which Lackey's been the beneficiary beneficiary of and, and you know But he pitched a good game against the Cardinals. Sure. Uh, against the Cardinals it was a quality start. I, I think he gave up one one or two runs in like seven innings. I mean, he was the lackey that we saw last year. Right. Um his last start, I, I, I don't know if he got tired but all of a sudden, you know, everything he's throwing is just getting hammered. And I don't know, you're losing depth on your breaking ball or something like that. Or, you're, you you know, he pitches well, to the edges he's, and he's, he's leaking a, over the middle of the plate. Yeah, because uh, he's you know. mainly a fastball pitcher. Yeah, he'll throw more than half his pitches at fastballs. Yeah. But he's one of those guys that he can make his fastball go left or right. Yeah. So he kind of throws arcs on the edges, mm-hmm. right? You know, he'll if he's pitching to the outside edge, it may break in, it may break away. The hitters don't really know that. And he could pitch up and he could pitch down. Um, 
it worries me. Some of these guys that look like they're working the top of the zone. I, I see that more this year than, than I've seen a lot. And I don't know. <clears throat> my understanding is, you know, those pitches tend to get hammered. Yeah, they can go far. So it's harder to hit that the ball at the knees a long way. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's you're much more likely to hit a ground ball mm-hmm. uh, with a pitch, especially you know w- with these tall guys that you know are pitching with leverage and what they say throwing downhill, right? Where the ball's c- going at a down right. angle to begin with, it's hard to hit the bottom of the ball, which is what you need to do to get it airborne, right? right. So that's kind of interesting. The uh, I think the Cubs are down one nothing. Uh, Sox are up one nothing. Four. Oh, really? Well, how about that? They got Going to, for their they got fifth to R. in a row. Dickey. Yeah, which is not surprising. I mean, R.A. Dickey won the Cy Young with the Mets and immediately got big money from Toronto. And, and done, I'm thinking the guy's like 40. He hasn't done a thing. Yeah. Um, since then. Yeah, I mean, knuckleball pitchers are weird. I mean, it, it. I don't know if you ever tried to throw one. That was always my dream. No, I was my, good at catching my 30s. them, but I was never able to throw one. In my 30s, every I, I was like, man, if I could just learn a knuckleball, I'll go to Dodger Stadium and I'll get myself a tryout. You know, I was still in good shape then. You know, and it was like I could never get it. I could never throw one at all, even remotely. I looked it up. You know, I kind of read articles by the Negroes and stuff like that, and I would try it. And I knew a guy that, that could throw one, and he wouldn't show me. And I was like... That was the end of our friendship. I was like, seriously, <laughs> man? Because we were just, you know, we would kind of like play guitars and play poker and stuff. And I was over at his place and I saw gloves and mitts. And I'm like, hey, let's play catch. He's like, okay. So we're like throwing across the front yard and stuff in Pasadena. And like all of a sudden he just throws this ball. It almost hit me in the mouth. And I was like, throw that again. He had a great knuckleball. And I'm like, show me that. He's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, if, really? if, if, if you could show me that, I could. I could I could play ball. He's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And I, I swear, I, I, that was it. I wouldn't call the guy. I wouldn't take his calls. That was it. I was like, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Um, so, Cubs went four and two. Correct. Since the last podcast. I think what I said was, I just want to see them add on. Mm-hmm. Which they did. Um they dropped one ridiculous game to the Reds where it was relatively close. And then all of a sudden uh, they got to lackey. They brought in, I think they brought in Trevor Cahill and he started giving up home runs. And I was like, seriously, they ended up losing like 13 to five. And I'm like, well, there goes the yeah, run differential. I stopped, you know? wa- I stopped watching that game because uh, lackey gave up, a, I believe a two run or a three run homer to make it all of a sudden five, three Reds. Yeah. And uh, I stopped watching it. I went back to it, and all of a sudden it was thirteen to five. And so I didn't see Cahill give up all those runs and stuff. But I don't, I don't uh, understand. Joe, Joe Madden just seems to be like he falls in love with a reliever. And I, you know, to be honest, he has ignored some of the arms in the bullpen and and really gone with Cahill and Wood, and then Grim, Strope, and Rondon. That's five relievers. Mm-hmm. You have thirteen guys. On the pitching staff yeah, since Warren's opening been in day, there a decent amount. He he's been in there like a little bit more frequently, but like the first week of the season, he wouldn't go anywhere near any of these guys. And I don't understand it, you know. But fine, you know Cahill got rocked, and you know Cincinnati, the ball goes out of the ballpark. I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, if it's more of a hitter's park than uh, Sox Park is, but everybody 
says basically, oh, hitter's paradise. Ball flies. Well, I, I don't understand. Cincinnati's uh, ballpark looks like a minor league field when you're in it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It just looks tiny. Looks tiny. You know, uh, U.S. Cellular Field is the, it's a hitter's park, supposedly, with the wind and everything, but the dimensions are big. But, I mean, literally, when you're in Cincinnati's ballpark, it looks like you're at the Durham Bulls. Really? Yeah, it okay. looks tiny. It just looks small. I haven't been to a Reds game. I went to one years ago, but I don't. It must have been before they built that ballpark, or or did I just walk by it? I don't know. I was in Cincinnati for some reason. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm not fond of Cincinnati. It's a nice, I actually it's live a there. Nice park, but it just looks tiny. And looks so tiny. I think it's I think it's got to be Hitters Park. It's you know I don't know the exact dimensions of it, but. It's not, you know, they don't have they don't have a high wall like in San Francisco and you know in right field or anything like that. Or, but it's just it it it's easy. It just looks easy to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Well, PNC Park kind of looked like that in batting practice when I was there last October. I mean, I was watching people just launching balls. Um, three twenty one down. You, you know down some the of the di- yeah some of the dimensions. You know everybody says Wrigley's a good hitters park. It's three fifty three down yeah. the lines, and how tall is that wall? Right, twenty feet. You don't get these like three hundred and ten foot just, homers by the pesky pole at Wrigley. Right. You know, and how often is the wind blowing out? Well, that's the thing. In, the, in the, this time of year, it's not. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of times in the summer where it is, but there's also. I mean, it's. It's give or take every day. Some days you'll go to the park in the middle of July, and it's going to be blown straight into home plate. I guarantee you, in the last couple of years, the the ball or the wind has been blowing in way more than it's been blowing I would think out. So too. So I don't know that that it's such a great hitters' park. I, I think most days it's a good pitchers' park. You know the uh, three sixty eight to the. To the alleys, maybe a little on the short side compared to some of these parks. The parks that are short down the lines tend to be deeper in the alleys. Yeah. I don't know what the new Atlanta ballpark is going to be like. This is their last season at Turner Field. Okay. But most of the newer parks seem to be hitter friendly. Right. Uh, San Francisco, eh, I mean, it, it's it's hard to put a, a hitter's park where the weather is so bad. Right. You, you know, so... Yeah. Well, even even Dodger Stadium, you know, it depends. At night, it's it's the hard air, to hit the ball out. But the air, the, day, is, the air is heavy. Yeah, it's, and and everything's different. Uh, the The rumor was always that the mound was higher, mm-hmm. would gave, gave pitchers an advantage and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how many Dodger games I've been to, like maybe fifty, and it, it guys just don't barrel it up there. I mean, it's kind of weird. You know, the night games. There's a little bit of chill in the air, even in the summer, and, and the air is just heavy. Like, I remember, because I, with with golf, I really played golf a lot when I moved to California, and like five times a week, five rounds a week, something like that, for years. And I came back to Chicago in the summer for something, I, I can't remember, some family thing, and decided to go and play golf, and I picked up 10 yards off the tee, mm-hmm. just because the air is thicker in L.A., it's like hitting it through the smog. Right, I was kind of surprised by that. So there, there may be something to that as far as like you know Dodger Stadium goes. Um, Oakland. Deonor Navarro just hit a homer. <laughs> I always liked him. You know, I always thought you know he was like the perfect uh, 
backup catcher because he, you know, you could use him as a pinch hitter and he could hit it out of the park. He was mm-hmm. a big, strong guy, you know, knows the game, but not an everyday catcher. Right. Now, now you're going to have well, they got a dealer, so he didn't have to be an everyday catcher. Now, apparently, we'll see what happens. But you, ever you since you missing Tyler Flowers, ever no, not yet, because okay. ever since he's become an everyday uh, uh, catcher, he's yeah, he's, knocking he's the cover off the ball, roping the ball. Yeah, so. I know Toronto's got bullpen issues. I'll tell you after after well, watching sure. yesterday, Gavin Floyd. They're going to have even more bullpen issues because uh, R.A. Dickey's still in there and he's giving up six runs. So eventually, he's not going to. Well, unless they just say too bad, stay out on the mound. Take one but, for the. Uh, yeah, you, you know, and, and, I about I about fell off my seat when I saw Gavin Floyd coming in last night. I was like, G- I, Gavin Floyd. You texted me that, and what did I say back? What is Jimmy Hoffa yeah, on Jimmy deck? Ho- right. Where's Gavin Floyd been for the last few years? <laughs> no I haven't idea. seen that guy's name in a box score. I, haven't, I like, I, wow, not I thought he was out of, score, out of baseball. Haven't seen seen like on the waiver wire, and somebody picked him up, somebody signed him. Nothing. Yeah, I didn't nothing. see anything. Nothing in spring training. All of a sudden, here he is in the eighth inning. And 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 they got the switch uh, the switch pitcher yeah pitch the eighth Verret or Vedette or Vermette, something like that. Uh, I yeah. don't know yeah and and I'm kind of like okay Toronto's got serious bullpen issues uh, the, I don't look at their starting rotation as being all that great uh, obviously you know their their lineup is good yeah but uh, I can see now why why they're only a 500 team I mean their pitching's terrible if, if they don't get seven runs a game and they scored how many 700 runs last year yeah they scored more like, I think they scored more than 800 but the second year. place team was like in the high sixes right. or something I mean they exactly. scored more far more runs than anybody else right um and they're gonna have to do it again if if they're gonna compete in in that division where everybody's kind of like the west and the east are, are really bunched. You got some separation in the central with you and, and Kansas City's one, which wasn't 14, supposed to happen, but it, yeah, or they're twelve and seven or something. Kansas City's twelve and seven. Yeah, what wasn't supposed to happen? The, the separation. It was supposed to be the central was supposed to be more bunched. Uh, and they're pretty. I think but, the the Twins killed that by losing well, every sure. game they play. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of they killed your whole balance. But you know, Cleveland's over five hundred. Detroit's right five hundred. Right. You guys are up, and and uh, the Royals are up. Yeah, which is okay. Nobody's out of it, really, except Minnesota right, the, and there is soon the, Houston. There is the separation, like you said earlier, that uh, the Sox are first place and and Minnesota's eight games back, the last place team. Whereas yeah, you're eight, in the east, eight down in the loss column, and it's not even May. Right in you, the east, the Yankees are last, and they're three, three yeah, down, three down in the loss column, right. and and in the West, it's only I think maybe two. Right. I mean, everybody's kind of bunched up. Um. Yeah, in, in the National League, the Cubs are four, four up in the Believe. loss column yeah. on uh, the Pirates and the Cardinals, who both have winning records, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a bigger gap. Washington has a few on the Mets who have won a few games in a row. I think the Mets are ten and seven now, so they're only up three. The Mets have- Won like eight out of their last ten games or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Mets are throwing you know a quality starter on the mound every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is looking like a bad signing. Yeah, didn't he just tweak something too? I yeah, think? so he's got a he's got a knee, and now Lagaris has a shoulder, and he's on the DL. Uh, Neil Walker is somehow hitting home runs all the time. I I, I have no explanation for that. I will say, um, you know, I was I was picking you up so we can come into the studio, and I was listening to. Uh, it was first. It was Jesse Rogers uh, talking about uh, 
there was like a press gaggle at Arietta's locker because it's her first day back uh, since his no-hitter. <clears throat> and they were talking about whispers that, you know, Arietta's juicing. And <clears throat> I thought for the, for the press to even ask him about it, I, I thought, well, good. Well, it all came up with uh, Cabello. Calabello, Calabello uh, getting suspended for PEDs and not right. knowing. Uh, I have no idea. Anybody who knows me, la di da da Okay, fine. Hey. Take him at his listen, word. Listen, I, I will say one thing. The one thing I did think about, though, when uh, when Arietta was throwing the no-hitter and uh, the announcers are going through his stats from when he was in Baltimore and how they progressed to what they are now. Right. And... My initial thought was, and don't, by no means do I think Arietta is juicing, but my initial thought was is this doesn't pass Steve's smell test. Well, actually, it does. No, and it here's, doesn't. Well, it's here's completely, how, it's well com- no. Here's how, here's how it passes the smell test. You don't go from 20 homers to 60 homers in a season. What Arietta has done is, is progressively improved start by start, season by season, since he got to Chicago. No. But it doesn't pass the smell test because pitchers take steroids too, and you don't have uh, almost five ERA one year, and the next year you have a two point seven five ERA, and the next year you have a one point eight ERA. Well, but you can if you look at the tape of him when he was pitching for Baltimore, and you look at the tape of him when he was pitching for Chicago, he made a lot of changes. When he was they, the term is straightening him out. So when he. And and I think what they said was the theory was it's supposed to keep you healthy. In Baltimore, he stood on the first base side of the rubber and threw where his shoulder was kind of like lined up with home plate, and he, he just kind of like threw everything kind of straight. Well, he doesn't do that anymore. Now he stands on the third base side and comes across crossfire, which is what he always did, um, you know, when he was in college, he's got the same body he had in college. He hasn't bulked up any. No, I'm just, so, I'm just saying that. No, it, I, it, I, I know, I know. There's, you, you, you know, and, and and from the aspect of that, and with Calabello going down, that's what brought it all up because then people start comparing all the other players that have completely turned around their careers. And don't get me wrong, you cannot argue that Arietta is one of them. I mean, he basically came out of nowhere. Well, he was the opening day starter for Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore. He was a he was a highly prized, right. high draft but, pick who Baltimore but, and there's, screwed there's up. There's other players like that, but I'm just saying sure. that that's why he's in 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 the conversation. I don't agree with it, but that's why they bring it up because well, they start looking at everybody's stats over the years prior to when they became good, and uh, you know his stats weren't that good, and uh, he was basically you know, relegated out of Baltimore, and he wasn't pitching well. And then next thing you know, he's a Cy Young Award winner. He's got two no-hitters and 11 starts. And and people now are like, well, you know, obviously steroids are still prevalent. Well, so they I, start questioning it. Well, is, here's is what happens. Well, here was what they were talking about uh, on the radio while I, while I was coming to get you was uh, first Jesse Rogers was describing the reporters talking to Arietta and they did bring this up the quote whispers and Arietta's like well I consider that a compliment and right, we need, and, and we need stronger uh, drug testing it should be one strike and you're out la di da di da it's like okay um, but then they quoted this the Balco guy 
who is basically yeah, saying, yeah, Conti says that there are steroids now that you can take when you get home from the ballpark mm-hmm. that are I out of that. your system I read that before night. you're at the ballpark the next yeah. day. You take them at 1 in the morning and they're by yeah, 4. Yeah. Basically, he was saying Cabello either had a bad mixture or bad people doing it for him because other people can figure out and that, you know, it's... There was a gu- and, and then he also said in that same article was really the off season is when you need to test these guys because that's when they're you know it's more prevalent for them to use because it's better. Well, and then you know if you're doing something like that in the off season, it will affect you even if you stop. You'll still get the benefit from it mm-hmm. for whatever time period. You know, I don't know how many months that is. Um, so you read that article? Did you buy that? I I I I believe Conte knows what he's talking about. I yeah, believe I you believe You don't think he's a part blowhard? Well, trying to protect his reputation a little bit as as Mr. Juice guy. Maybe. I mean, but I I you know, it goes back to it goes back to Conseco said that 85% of the people are using steroids before the whole thing blew up in everybody's face and everyone was like 50, 85%. There's no way. Everybody and, said he was trying to sell books. Yeah. And it, almost everything he said turned out to be right. Right. So when Conte says stuff like that, I do kind of believe him to the point that I think he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the, the PEDs, and uh, and there are ways around it, and there are scientists that know how they work, and they know how to get around the system, and there's still people these, these days doing it, and he's saying basically, which I would actually tend to believe him, that the people that get caught, in effect, are stupid, well, is I don't know. Like, is what who's he's the saying. Mejia? Who's the the Mets well, guy? Well, that guy. He didn't in the article. He didn't bring up that guy. But yeah, that. Guy. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, but he was saying in the article, like it's like if if Calabello or anybody like that is doing it themselves and they don't clean the dish properly to put the next. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, that, it went into this kind of detail. Yeah. That then. That if your petri dish isn't cleaned, then the next uh, injection or dose whatever you want to dose yeah. is contaminated, and then it's easily it's easier to pick up on a test. And so, if these guys aren't using the scientists and doing it themselves, then basically, Conte well, Calabella was was tested in March. So I don't know if he went through some appeal process and was waiting for the appeal to go through because they suspended him like a week ago. It was. He said March fifteenth was when he was notified that he failed a test. It didn't say what day the test oh, was. Oh, I didn't see that. So that was like, uh, well, spring during training. spring training, right? Um, there was a guy on MLB Network who was uh, kind of like I didn't know what, quite what to make of it. There are people in the media that you know are sensitive to the fact that the media dropped the ball on steroids. Right, they weren't asking tough questions. They, they you know, they just kind of went along with all the happy talk and McGuire and Sosa and all that, and it did kind of bring baseball back from the strike, which alienated a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So now this guy's like, "Look, I, I'm starting to really wonder," and he's like, "Especially with all the opposite field home runs," and I'm like thinking, seriously, there are a lot of them. Then I saw a highlight of, uh, I think it was Josh Donaldson just bashed one to right field last night. 
Was that off the socks? Two, was that day, two, two days, days ago. ago? And I and I, I thought because the guy said it about a week ago, and I thought about that, and I'm like, I seriously, are we back to this now? I mean, if 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 you could take a steroid, but the, the one before thing, you go to bed and it's out of your system the next day, what good did it do you? The one thing that I would argue that nobody brings up is the uh, the amount of pitchers that are on it too. Everybody o- only says hitters, pitchers are on it too. And, the uh, well, okay. There's two sides to this. One is nobody brings that part up, though. Well, they did, though. I mean, everybody knew about Clemens and stuff like but that. They're, I mean, they're so uh, in tune to the home runs and the people hitting the ball out of the ballpark. But the pitchers are on steroids too, and the pitchers are on steroids throwing to the batters that are on steroids, and technically, it kind of evens itself out. But pitchers no. don't get the same, you know. Look, it, you still have to hit the ball. I mean, the the thing about about like the human growth hormone and all that stuff that the guys were doing is you looked at their bodies changing. Like you, right. you look at an old picture of Barry Bonds and then, you know, the Bonds who was like so juiced up, I mean, nobody would even hit uh, pitch to him anymore. He got like 200 walks one year. It was yeah. just everybody's like, ah, forget about it. Um, and you look at, at Sosa. Has how big his head was compared. I, I mean, the human head doesn't grow when you get older, right? Right, and all of a sudden, you know, you you need a different hat size, right? Um, and one of the things Jake Arrieta said today to but the press is, he's like, "Look, my body is the same, but there's different know? steroids." Yeah, for steroids. Things. Okay, there's two things, right? Yeah, one is for you to bulk up and add muscle, but the other one is to help you aid in recovery, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes to pitchers who are trying to get off of, you know, recover from their last start, okay, if, if there was something that you could take to help you recover and then it was out of your system in two days, uh, well, all right. I mean, it, I, don't, I just don't know what long-term effect having a steroid that's out of your system in eight hours is going to do for you. Right? If it's out of your system in eight hours, what did you get? Because well, like all no, the, uh, no, the way the way the article I read was is there's a level, and it's the yeah. level is lower. Okay, when the testing comes low, lower than right than the f- red flag. So what raised? I mean, if, if you're taking something that's going to give you like whatever, then there's a higher level of something, right? If it's testosterone or whatever, right? Right. I mean, so. If the levels are down by eight in the morning, then what 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 are you what are you gaining? Well, I don't know enough about it. You obviously gain something. If I don't know. You have to gain something, regardless of whether you're a pitcher or a hitter. You have to gain something, even though if it's out of your system and if it's out of your the testing range in three hours. And, and if you take it at one o'clock in the morning, and by four o'clock in the morning you can get tested, and you're below the level of being banned. Then it's still in your system, but you're you're below the level, so maybe they got to change the levels. Yeah, I you know, it, it's a constant game with yeah. uh, with the testing. You know, somebody comes up with a way to to beat the test, and then they change the test, and then you start. That's when you start seeing high profile names get bagged. Oh, uh, wow! I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that like when they update the test to catch this whatever new thing Conti's talking about. You don't start seeing fifty guys, right? I mean, that would destroy the sport. Yeah, um, Arietta's like I don't know. You know, 
all the changes he's made since he came to the Cubs, like you know his diet, his workout routine, his mechanics, where he stands on the mound, playing uh, pitching with more confidence, all of this would add to somebody improving, right? Avisail Garcia, is he still swinging at stuff out of the strike zone? Is that why he's hitting 180? You know what I mean? Pretty much. Well, okay, then, then you know, you're not going to see an improvement. He's probably, you know, he. I don't he know might. if he's got options. I, I, I mean, I don't see where you need him anymore. Is he? Uh, is he your permanent DH now? When you, when you have Cabrera, For the most part, well, yeah, the, right. When you have Cabrera, Jackson, and and, and Eaton, and you know, yeah, he'll play right field on a Sunday just to give Eaton a day off, or okay. put, you know, put Eaton will DH, or they'll give Eaton a day off, and, and Sands will DH or whatever. Right. But yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's still playing probably four out of seven days. Of, well, especially since they're playing every day of the every month. Every day, yeah. So, yeah, come, you know, May when they have a few days off, I mean, he might only play two days a week. Well, I, I, I've not seen the, the sort of improvement that, that he needs to make. And, you oh, know, I haven't either. You know, it's funny. I mean, you you look at some ball players, and, and I remember the, the, the big thing about, like, Magic and Bird, and then you know later Michael. Every summer, because I was in L.A., so you know I followed the Lakers. Every summer, Magic picks something to work on. Like I'm going to work on my free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to work on my three point shooting. Then I'm going to work on this. Every summer, he did something to get better. You know, what's Garcia working on? Because it ain't. You you know I mean there are some guys that think. And I've seen this, like, in every sport. There are guys that think, no, 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 I don't need to do anything, but just do what I do, and, and it'll be fine. Talk to a guy in a slump, oh, I'll, I'll turn it around today. Today's going to be different. They tell themselves right. this. you got technical flaws that are creeping in, this, that, and the other thing. They don't notice. I mean, I don't know what the the Sox hitting coach is who. who's They still have uh, – No, that – they get a new one. They got rid of Walker uh, uh, right. years ago. Yeah, now I can't remember his name. But yeah, no, I don't. I, well, I mean, basically, as far as obviously Garcia is concerned, I mean, you know, they're. I don't think they're going to wait around on him. You know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't start hitting by the middle of May, I don't. You know, he, he's, he's had not going to have many opportunities. Yeah, he's had plenty of opportunities especially to improve, since, especially since. His the biggest thing with him was it wasn't his outfield play it was hitting and now when you move Eaton to right field and he's proven that he can play right field now he's even less of a uh, yeah you don't need him you don't need him yeah you you can you I'll know, I'll be perfectly willing to join the White Sox anybody and can hit one eighty yeah well not anybody I might have to bunt but you know yeah one eighty is like he, forget it is he going to be the next Bob Euchre is he going to be a good sportscaster. You know, uh, I don't know. Right at the Mendoza line, but he's awfully he's a lot bigger. Yeah. You know, so, the world needs yeah, bouncers too. You know, when we well, yeah. you know, you talk about changes of grand, we both have uh first place baseball teams, but uh you know, from the White Sox standpoint, yeah, it's John Danks and, and obviously Garcia and you know, if you you know, it is possible Carson uh Fulmer will be up by the end of May and, and then the other change would be, you know, does do they give uh Sands the DH role for a while to see if he can hit, or do they, you know, but, or is that well, you wait till July and that's when the move. You're going to have to know. score more runs. Right. I mean, the, uh, y- you look at the team that, that they've got a good start. 
you at some point, you know, you're probably not going to pitch as well. You know, especially you know the back end of your starting they, rotation and well, some some of your middle reliever guys may start getting record hit. breaking. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so uh, you got to like what you've seen now. I mean, Sale looks really locked in. Yeah, and you're getting contributions. Quintana's pitched really good. Um, so uh, hopefully they'll keep it going. I, I think you got a problem at catcher. You know, maybe not in, in the near short term, but. Well, yeah, I mean, don't, you know, don't get me wrong, right? By by no means are they a completely solid team, top to bottom. I mean, but no, they're pretty. I don't think they have as many, nearly as many holes as other teams. I mean, they're they're very solid for what you know, seven, mm. six six hitters. You got and, you, you know but defensively, you know. So Austin Jackson, if he hits two twenty but plays a really good center field, you know, you can uh, take that. Mm. Um, mm. You know, if uh, you know, and Abreu's not hitting right now, and Frazier's hitting it well, low. Well, Steve Stone had an interesting uh, take on Abreu. I was listening to him on a Sunday morning show, and he's basically saying, look, Abreu is doing things to drive in runs. Like he's going out of the strike zone mm-hmm. to hit a sack fly or, or hit the ball to the you know opposite field or what have you instead of taking a walk because the guy behind him's hitting 180. So I wouldn't worry about Abreu. Abreu is a pretty smart hitter. Right. And he's getting the he's getting his job done, which is to be a run producer. I would worry more about Frazier, except, you know, it seems like, you know, he's kind of a, a gamer. I never thought of him as a clutch hitter, but it seems like, right you know, now, yeah. in, in, in the late innings, that, that's when you're getting, you know, the best out of him. Right. Be nice for, for you guys to score early, like you're scoring early tonight. Right. You know, if you could do that more often. Um, that'll, that'll save the bullpen a little bit. Yeah. But you, you know, I'm looking at teams now, you know, you're, you're 10%, little over 10% into the season and you've got until the end of July to fix whatever needs fixing. I mean, looks to me like, uh, you could improve your catching. You can improve your DHing. I don't know that, uh, you know, the outfield right now, you're pretty happy defensively. Right. Um, I, you you can maybe pick up a infield. You're, yeah, you're happy. well, yeah, with, with your starters, right. and I, I don't know if you're including Rollins in there at short or you're, oh, you're Saladino. saying Sal- Saladino. Saladino looks good defensively to me. I, too. I thought he looked really good defensively yeah. last year. I don't know. So, Rollins is old, so right. I you know and uh, Saladino I, hasn't. Rollins has played the majority, um, but uh, and so Saladino necessarily hasn't. I mean, I know he's hit one homer this year, and but average-wise, I don't know what he's at, but he's played good defensively, and he, he he's filling in. And, you know, the thing about it is is I actually – you you look at the the club and you watch their reaction on just plays, whether it was the triple play that was a miracle <laughs> on Friday night because of bad base running. It wasn't anything Oh, they man, did. it was Little League. Yeah. It was Little League or, base running. But, Let's face or it. Or Albers made a nice play on uh, a guy tried to bunt last night. And he made a really nice uh, flip up the first baseline. Their reaction and everybody's reaction—they're—they're—they're they're, they're having fun. They're—they're they're playing for each other. They're all smiles, and uh, I haven't seen that. Well, in the they last haven't been winning, years. right? They've been losing a hundred games a season, right? But he, well, I mean, I'm not talking about yeah. In July, that could change if all of a sudden they go well. into a, a bad stretch. But you know, it's early. 
everybody's having fun, and you know Lowry's having fun, and Frazier's having fun. Saladino apparently, supposedly, even just in the in the dugout, is a big contributor, and uh, you know waiting for his time. So uh, they the the attitude is just way better than it's been in years. And, well, and I, I do agree with you; they are winning, but they're also you know they steal a game yesterday, and they're winning with pitching, but the guys that aren't hitting are still contributing on the defensive end and making plays, and then everybody's happy as they're running in the dugout to go, you know, bat. And even though they're not scoring, the pitching's keeping them in the game, and they're winning games that way, and everybody's just having a grand old time right now. So, Yeah, the Cubs-Sox games ought to be pretty good this year. Uh, unfortunately, we're doing those four in a row I know, in the I middle of the week. That's, That's too so bad. lame, especially right. this year. When was the last time? Because I remember in 83, the Sox were good, and then 84, the Cubs were good, and the Sox kind of fell off the map after uh, 83. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, God, in the I late mean, 80s, they were awful. And then, you know, the Sox won it in 05, but then the Cubs made the playoffs in, like, 07 and 08, right. and the Sox were nowhere to be found. And when was the last time we really had two, well, like, contending teams? Never. I mean, when's, I, said this, I don't remember I said it. this last week to somebody playing golf. I said, when, other than a 1-0 start, yeah, when's one and zero. When's yeah. the last time that both Chicago teams were in first place ten games into the season? Ten. And, I mean, we're we're twenty. Well, now, but I mean, you yeah, know, even ten. A week yeah. and a half ago, I was like, you know, it's ten games. I'm like, when? And the Sox were basically tied with Kansas City at the time. But it's like, when's the last time that happened? Other than them both winning on opening day, which the Cubs had won five. Opening days in a row, right? Uh, something like that. You yeah. know, so that's at least five years, let alone and then how many of the Sox, whatever. It's been years. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like you said, you're 10% into the schedule, and they're two out of three best teams of baseball. And I, I To be honest, you know, I was looking at that Texas series, and I was going to be like, well, okay, this will be a test. And then I was, you know, you swept Texas, and I'm like, okay, well, now you've got, like, Toronto and Baltimore. you got, you know, teams from the east. This will be interesting, and you're killing Toronto, like, for the second night in a row. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're better than everybody, then generally you do well. And, Correct. you know, right now, is there a team playing better baseball than the White Sox? I would say probably not. You know, Kansas City maybe. Um because you, yeah. you know it, it's Washington's hard. four and four, but are they playing better baseball? I mean, we looked at their stats, and they not yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, you know, it also has to do with, and you can't compare leagues this year. True, but it has to do with well, well, who you're playing, mm-hmm. and then okay, well, we just killed Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati's bad, and then you look at well, they've won nine games. I know who they beat. <laughs> Who's were who could possibly be worse than Cincinnati? And then you look and okay, well, there's San Diego, yeah, and then there's Philadelphia, and then there's Atlanta, and, the and there's Milwaukee, and you're looking at all and, these and teams. Milwaukee's won nine games, I think. Or eight. Yeah, I they can't all be winning against Philadelphia, right? Not everyone gets. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, the the team that I was kind of looking at, hoping that they would be good this year, is are the Marlins. And and they don't seem to be getting it done, right? Um, yeah, Jose Fernandez, you know, good young arm, but I, I he doesn't strike me as as having the head to match the arm from what I've seen so far. Giancarlo Stanton hasn't really done much. He had a good game last night. Finally, yeah, finally, yeah. Um, they beat the Dodgers, but you know, yeah, really, you you look at you look at some of these guys, and okay, well, Washington 
Max Scherzer's ERA is like 4.5, but the team's 14 and 4. Mm-hmm. You know, and we looked at like the quality starts. We looked at like the, the team pitching well, and, and everything, and, and they're the up things, there with the Mets. One of the things like during a Sox Tampa Bay broadcast, and, and they were the Sox announcers were like, you know, I expect Langoria, as good as he is, uh, Harrelson was saying, I expect him to not have a good year because you don't have to pitch to him. And and there's a few teams like that in the American League, but there's a lot of teams like I mean, you don't have to pitch to Freddie Freeman, so who else in Atlanta is going to beat you? And you know, Ciarte, who's I mean, going to who's going to beat you on Philly? You don't have to pitch to Ryan Braun because who else is going to beat you on Luke Milwaukee? Roy. Yeah, I mean, so the the those teams are more prevalent in the National League. Of there's guys that there are, are good hitters on these bad teams, but really. They're not going to have good seasons because unless unless you happen to come up with the bases loaded and one out, if Longoria comes, then Longoria is going to beat you. Well, Longoria is with Tampa. I mean, mm, I'm not sold on how bad Tampa is going to be compared to everyone else because they got a good pitching staff. They've got good pitching. Yeah. Same with Cleveland. I mean, the the pitching is kind of keeping these teams in it when you look at their lineup and. Like you say, you know, outside of Longoria, who are you worried about? Right. Justin Smoke? I mean, yeah. or Nobody. Justin Bohr, whoever? Yeah. I mean. Uh, what's the center fielder? Uh, uh, Kermar? Kermar. I mean. I, 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 the guy looks to me like a 220 hitter who's like maybe the best defensive outfielder this side of Jason Hayward. Right. Right? So, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, you look, Baltimore's doing it with bats. Baltimore's pitching isn't very good but right. look at all the home run hitters they've collected so the east is is gonna be weird i and you look at the yankees of all they almost threw a no hitter le- uh, yesterday <laughs> that guy's got great stuff yeah and they got they've got the the back end they got patances and miller and you know at some point they'll get Chapman Chapman's back coming he's back. coming back any right. day now right what and they're it, hovering 30 around. games they're, they're in last place but they're hovering around three games back and three yeah they're in last place but i mean this early it, it's sort of like you know if you watch the Olympic 10K and there's a pack and you're at the back of the pack, it doesn't really matter. Right. you got a long way to go. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, when you see a guy who's, like, threatening to lap the field, yeah, okay, that's different. Right. And, you know, the Cubs and, and Washington right now are, are kind of, like, getting some separation. So let's just keep keep trying to win. You're, you're talking about winning series. Just win two out of three. Get your sweeps now and then. You know, it's very important, I think, to win the first game of the series. I, yes. I think, you know, the old Yankee thing that is like, you know, you want to get 60 pitches in the first game of a series. You want 60 pitches out of their starter in the first two innings. And then your odds of winning that series go go way, way up. Get to them early. Get to the bullpen early. Mm-hmm. Wear those guys out. And then the last two games of the series, you know, it's batting practice. Uh I don't know. Well, I don't think it always works out that way, but makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you kind of see, you know, where I these think guys it's a are good going formula. with that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, there's more than one way to do it. I mean, you look at at, at the Royals. You know, the Royals kind of fastball hunting team. You know, and you know if if with you're a lot of speed. if you're if you're aggressive at your at bats early, you're not going to strike out. Right. Right. That would be what, the one big downfall I think of, of the Sox is they don't have a lot of speed when it comes to stealing bases you know getting the extra extra base i mean Kansas City's far and way above any team that With can do that team speed yeah you but, know the 
it was so funny. I was, you know, we were looking up stats before the show, and of course, you know, I have to tweet snarky stuff. Um, the Cardinals are second to the Cubs in runs scored by like one run. They've already scored like a hundred, almost one hundred twenty runs this season. They are last in fielding, mm-hmm. as far as like the Cardinals have made more errors than any other team in baseball, and. They have stolen the fewest bases. They've only stolen three bases. Well, and I'm who like on thinking, their team could steal a base? They got some young guys. They got guys in their twenties, yeah, like Grichik and Piscotty, Colton Wong, base stealers. Well, every you know, any twenty-one-year-old athlete can run well, fast sure. enough to steal a base if the, if you really want to. First, Rizzo steals bases. Right. Rizzo thinks he's fast. Schwarber thought Schwarber, he was fast. Yeah. Right. I mean. Maybe he won't well, think that, that was anymore. That, actually, the, the 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 run scored thing was actually kind of amazing. The well, they're beating on teams. I mean, I mean, San Diego and Cincinnati. Like five teams that have already scored over a hundred runs. The Cubs obviously lead the pack, and none in the American. None in the American. They're League. all like the highest is like eighty, and the Cubs <laughs> have scored one hundred nineteen, and the Cardinals scored one hundred eighteen, and. And there's Arizona's it, in the hundreds, and all these teams are in the hundreds. And there's they're so like impossible to compare National League to American League numbers this yeah. season. You just can't do it. And um, it, everything's going to be skewed. I mean, I was looking at the Cubs against, the, you know, this 16 to nothing game. I mean, some of these guys came into that series with batting averages under 200, and they're just like, get me to the plate. Right. You know, let me get my numbers up. Right? Because you know, now, now you're going to have a week of cold weather at Wrigley and guys struggling exactly. to score runs. And well, when I say, brutal. I said, it, I, what I tell you, I said, I don't think if uh, the next time the Cubs play Cincinnati and they put uh, tell Alfredo Simon that he's pitching, I'm gonna, he's going to walk out of the park. And you said, uh, yeah. Somebody if, posted. Uh, yeah, say on Twitter, somebody said, like, if, if Rizzo's in the home run contest, he should have no, Simon pitch to him. <laughs> and it's just sort of like. Hey, look, Anthony Rizzo is only one homer behind Bryce Harper and one RBI behind Bryce Harper, and apparently Bryce Harper is the greatest thing since sliced bread. So what does that make Rizzo? I, he was fifth in, in MVP voting last right. year. I found that really irritating. But the funny thing I did find out, you know, looking through some stuff, is if he's voted in the top five of the MVP this year, he gets a real nice bonus. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that well, he's on pace for that, that's for sure. Are you kidding me? I mean, for one, you know, you say what you want about Jason Hayward and Ben Zobrist, and, and you know, there's I don't know that there's a new pecking order uh, with the Cubs, but Anthony Rizzo is has been, like, the kind of the real glue guy. Like, I, I think Jim Deshays is calling him the main ingredient, right? If the Cubs are pizza, then Rizzo's cheese, mm-hmm. and or Brizzo is cheese dough and cheese or, or you, whatever, and then this guy's pepperoni and this guy's anchovy, well, well, however you want to look at it. Anchovy? Um, yeah, I don't. Do they even put that on pizza anymore? I hope I not. Mean, that was always the joke. I don't understand anchovies anyway. Um, we should get going. We should wrap yeah, we're, this up I think we're because done. I think we're, we, we have to do a dark podcast, and I think we're going to be late for that. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thebackrollboys.com. Uh, old podcasts are there. Also, uh, articles. Uh, we're also on iTunes and we're on Stitcher.com. Tell a friend. And uh, we'll catch you all uh, next Tuesday. Go Cubs.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.